G'day and welcome to On The Road. My name's Scott Gibbons and On The Road is your show. It's a show where we, we travel, we go all around this great nation of ours, we talk about caravans, we talk about motorhomes, we talk about tents, places we can go, places we can see, places we can enjoy and it's just a fun show. So if you're ready to go on the road, I'm ready to go on the road, let's go on the road together, here we go. G'day, it's Scott Gibbons and oh my golly, we're allowed out, we're allowed out to play. Isn't that just terrific? It's like the school bell has rung for the school holidays and we're all just escaping at once and we've got a long weekend coming up as well. Now, Queensland is going to be one of those places that so many people head to because as soon as it opens up, it's winter down here, it's winter down in Victoria, it's winter in Tasmania and they all head north, don't they? They all head north up to Queensland. So what are we going to do up there? Well, maybe you want to go snorkelling. Maybe you just want to go snorkelling on the Great Barrier Reef around Port Douglas. And that's got to be, if you're a bit of a swimmer, that's got to be one of the best things that you can do. It's a bucket list item, I would reckon. And one of the best things to do, because it's nearly perfect weather, nearly all year round to do it. So you can do it in cans. Uh, the Low Isles in Port Douglas, thats it's a scenic 70-kilometre trip from Cairns. It's far less crowded, a lot more scenic. Uh, you just got to do it. You got to do it. Lark Quarry in Conservation Park at Opalton. Well, Lark Quarry is just, <laughs> you could say it's a gem. You could. It's a gem in the outback. It's, it's home to over 3,300. That's 3,300 dinosaur footprints. And they're left during what's thought to be the world's only known dinosaur stampede site. So that's fabulous. So travellers are welcome to do their own self-guided tour. You've got the Spinifex Circuit Walk for free. Or you can take a guided tour. And, and you pay a little bit for that. But that's just to see dinosaur tracks. Isn't that just wonderful like that's a wonderful thing to do then if you want to you can go oh this would be good the army museum of north queensland that's in townsville so you can learn all about townsville's role in the war at the famous army museum of north queensland it's got three exceptional galleries that you'll just love you'll just love them the galleries explore the history of north queensland's army Townsville's role in World War One and World War Two, and the conflict since World War Two. It's a free army museum. You can't miss it. You've got to do it. And Townsville is just one of the most pleasant, pleasant places. Now then, I hope you've got your pencil handy. I hope you're writing these down. I hope you are. If you happen to miss them, then you can go back to the podcast and I'll tell you how to get on the podcast later. Oh yeah, what about the Japanese gardens at Toowoomba? That would be terrific. There's over... 230 Australian and Japanese trees and plants called Toowoomba's Japanese Garden Home. So you'll love it. You will love it. You've got the mountain stream, you've got the waterfall, you've got the Azalea Hill, soothing central lake. Uh, take the, There's a three-kilometre pathway and you can just soak up everything. So if you're going north, there's some of the things to go north. Now, maybe, maybe you want to go south. I don't know. Maybe you want to go south. And if you're doing that... If we go to Victoria, what are we going to have? Well, we've got Goulburn Weir at Ngambi Lakes. And the, the Goulburn Weir, it's a triumph, a triumph of engineering. It was considered so advanced at the time of construction, which started in 1887, that it featured on the back of a half-sovereign and a 10 chilling note for 20 years. So you can walk across the pathway to admire the fantastic structure and on either side of the river, you can enjoy a free barbecue and picnic area. 
So you take your own barbecue, of course. It's not a free barbecue, but you can have the barbecues there in the picnic area. So that's all done. Then you've got the antique complex at Castle Main. So you can browse your way through an impressive collection of silver jewellery and antique furniture and rare clocks and classic toys and games and even historic motorbikes. Oh, the, the enamel signs, the enamel car signs, the automobile signs, the golden fleece petrol bowsers. Oh, just terrific. And then you've got the Tyab Packing House at Tyab. Tyab is T-Y-A-B-B, T-Y-A-B-B. So that's the packing house. It sounds uninspiring until you drop in and you'll be greeted with over 30 displays of Art Deco pieces of antiques, beautiful furniture, miniature car models, so much more. There's, it's one of three buildings which really makes you understand why it's the antique and collectibles capital of the Southern Hemisphere. So, whoa. And then you've got the Warrnambool Botanic Gardens. That's sweeping lawns, curving paths, an array of lush, colourful flowers. And it makes the Warrnambool Botanic Gardens a must-visit. So if, if you're going down that way, it's, it's put on your must-list. So put a little star against... You note that you've just made and wander through the tranquil settings and check out the lakes and the bridges and the fountains. And they're all built before 1886. And again, if you want a picnic, what a beautiful place. And if you talk about beautiful places, then you've got to talk about the Great Ocean Road. And the Great Ocean Road Falls, just wonderful. So it, it has some of the most stunning falls and they're free. And they're super scenic. So you've got Beecham Falls or Beauchamp, whichever you want to call it, B-E-A-U-C-H-A-M-P, Falls, and you can't miss them. There's stunning ash forests, cascading falls that make up Beecham Falls along the Great Ocean Road. It's an hour's return from the picnic area off Air Valley Road, and it is a beauty. Now, beautiful, you've got to go to Hopeton Falls because from the car park you'll see a stunning viewing platform that gives you sweeping views over the Air River and don't miss the Californian Redwoods nearby. Now the Californian Redwood Forest, that's just nuts. It's like it's saving you a 14-hour flight just to go and see a tree. They're already there in Victoria. So somebody brought them out here, planted them and wacko and they are huge. And they reckon getting huger and huger and huger. There you go. Then you've got the Erskine Falls. That's just a short drive out of Lawn. Lawn is spelled L-O-R-N-E. L-O-R-N-E, Lawn. It's a natural waterfall that rushes 30 metres down into the lush Fern Gully. It's an easy walk and you'll find the falls and a great place again for a picnic. By golly, you better do some exercise with all these picnics that we're doing. <laughs> now, you're going to go to Tasmania. If Tasmania is not on your list, it's got to be on your list. And you've got the, the Penguin General Cemetery. Don't let the name put you off. The history there is astounding. And you've got views over Bass Strait that are just knockout. And then you've got the Bridport Walking Track. So you've got breathtaking natural beaches, which are complemented by wildflower, rich forests and rich landscapes on the Bridport Bridport-based walk. And then the Wadda Manor Power Station Museum. So that's a museum that celebrates the beginning of hydroelectrics in Tasmania by it displays a large selection of machinery and memorabilia and photographs and artefacts dating back into the 1900s. Then you've got Richardson's Harley-Davidson Museum. <laughs> what a treat that is. You couldn't help. You'll just marvel at that. You've got memorabilia that's dated back into the 1940s. It's a Westbury-based museum and cafe, and you'll just love it. There's even a 1900s pedal bike for you to have a look at. And if you're a fisherman, 
fisher person, whatever you want to do, you've got to do some trout fishing down there. Tasmanian trout for dinner? Oh, by golly. And the best place to catch yourself a delicious dinner is at the regularly stocked area of Blackman's Lagoon, Little Waterhouse Lake and Big Waterhouse Lake, east of Bridport. Bridport by the B-R-I-D-P-O-R-T, Bridport. Then you've got the Derby Schoolhouse and Museum of Derby. So you can you can soak it up, soak it up. Derby's vibrant mining and social history in their Derby Schoolhouse Museum. It's just wonderful. It was it, in 1897. 1897, it's a heritage school building and you'll explore their intriguing collection of photographs and artefacts and documents dating back. I mean, if, you, if you're into history, it's beautiful. The Tarkine Interpretation Centre at Waratah, you've got to do that. You can't go past the Tarkine Interpretation Centre. It was built in 1886 and once served as the town's social and learning activities hub and now it's filled with historic books and interpretive displays and the beautiful surrounding forest and fascinating mining stories so there you go there's some for you oh, all right new south wales i hear you saying what's in new south wales we could do the hay historic trails at hay so you can get a free bike hire from the wonderful workers at the hay visitor center and cycle your way through the the scenic and historic points of interest in town and most of the five museums in town only require maybe a gold coin donation you can be more generous you can put some paper in there because they need it where they're trying to make up for all the lost time and you can help them do that so make it one of your stops there and you can finish the day with a leisurely ride along the Murrumbidgee River and that's got a great bike path. And then you've got the Utes in the Paddock at Condoblin. Did that just a little while ago. Oh, is that worthwhile? Utes in the Paddock, it's one of the most unique tourist attractions you'll see on your trip into Outback New South Wales. You've got 20 Holden Utes and they've been painted by artists in a fun and quirky tribute to Outback life and they're, they're stood up and they're laid down on the upside and... You've got one that's dressed up as a big bottle of Bundy rum. It's just, <laughs> just fabulous. You've got to see it. Then you've got whale watching in, in Sydney, if you want to do that. The Snowy Hydro Discovery Centre, that's worthwhile going to. That's, that's in the Snowy Mountain Scheme, and that's going to get pretty busy now that winter's coming on. Berry, you've got to go to the Berry Treat Factory. That's an incredible experience. It'll leave, it'll leave you in awe. <laughs> You'll step in. You're surrounded by handmade treats of every nature and type and just waiting to be eaten. So it doesn't cost you anything to go in, but by golly, you'll love it when you come out. So it's fabulous. Now, we know it's winter. We know it's winter. So why don't we have a little winter song? This is Flying Circus. It's called Another Winter's Day. 1973, it came out, Flying Circus. You remember Flying Circus? Flying Circus brought out Hayride. You remember Hayride, the song? And La La. We might even play some of those in the next coming weeks because I think, I think Flying Circus is just a great group. So here you go. Here you go. Get ready for Another Winter's Day because that's what we're in now, isn't it? Another Winter's Day. And we're now allowed to escape winter. We can go north, south, east. We can do whatever you want to do. Here we go. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. Gee, it's good to be back on the road with you. We're loving it. I bet you're loving it too. And we're about to escape. Here we go. Leaves on the sidewalk Down the road by the street cafe No one's eating there too Faces at the window Looking out on the passers-by Dancing gaily as we fly No more city, more 
Flying Circus, gotta love them, gotta love them. Now, speaking of gotta love them, there's some new four-wheel drives coming because the second half of 2020 is when they're all going to be here and by golly, it's going to be a busy, busy time. So some of the factories had to shut down because of the COVID-19, but it's going to be an exciting second half. So what's coming? Well, we've got, according to whichcar.com.au, we've got the new Jeep. Uh, So it's it's called the Gladiator. It looks good. It does look good. It's a ute, uh, and it'll come in the Overland and Rubicon models, and at launch, it'll come with a V6 petrol and an eight-speed automatic drivetrain, and there's no word yet on other power plants, whether there's going to be a diesel or a hybrid or anything like that, but they'll be coming out. They'll be starting at around about $75,500 thereabouts and then going upwards from there, so there's a start. The Isuzu D-Max, the 2020 model lands in dealers in around about July. It's an all-new vehicle with a bigger, more refined body, an upgraded version of the of the three-litre diesel engine, and a rear diff lock will be standard, and it'll have all the latest safety gear. It'll have convenience items. It'll be an extensive model range, so that'll head straight into the popular four-wheel drive ute segment. So that's going to be good. Then the Land Rover Defender, we've waited, we've waited, we've waited. So the Land Rover Defender's coming. It's been about four years that we've been waiting for it, but it's new. It's all new. You've probably seen it. You've probably seen it on so many YouTube things coming along. They've had them in Africa and they took all the motoring riders across there and they did it. So that's expected to arrive in Australia in around about August. It'll be the long wheelbase that's coming first. It's called the 110 variant. And then the short wheelbase, the 90s, as they call them, they're not expected until towards the end of the year. And then there's going to be an expected delay between the first and the second shipment of Defenders because, again, the power plant had to shut down because of the CV-19. But the Slovakian factory, it's only restarted making Landys in mid-May, so it's been idle for two months. So the new Defenders, well, they'll be priced from around about, they say 69990 so 70 grand up to about 137 odd. And, and there's about six spec levels and a choice of three engines, including diesel and petrol options. And I went onto their website and tried to build one because you can build one on the website. And by golly, if you want to be confused, you go on there and have a little play with that because it's, it's quite extensive, the model things that you can have and the options you can have. Mazda BT50, well, the Mazda, it moves away from its long-time partnership with Ford from the 2021 BT50, which is now based on, again, the Isuzu D-Max. So it's, it's a new D-Max, but it's going to have the Mazda body and size, so it'll have an Isuzu powertrain, but Mazda styling, and the new BT50 is set to go on sale in around about November or December. Um, there's a couple of things that are leaving us, though, the 
The X-Class Ute from Mercedes, that's gone. The G300 Professional from Mercedes, that's gone. Holden's Colorado is gone. The Trailblazer is gone because Holden's knife was just, or Holden's brand was knifed. It was just gone. They took them all away. So uh, so the, the older model Holdens, the ones that have still been left in the dealers, they've been selling. <laughs> Pardon me. <coughs> the Mitsubishi Pajero wagon nearly choked on that because Jimmy's got one of these and he loves his Pajero, but it's a long-serving Mitsubishi Pajero wagon and they're, they're going to say sayonara to him. So come August, the last of the 4x4s are sold. So the Pajero, it's had a 38-year history. It's one of Australia's favourite, favourite family fourbies and it'll be missed. It's going to be missed. So the Pajero name, it'll live on in the Pajero Sport, Though that's a smaller wagon, it's really no substitute for what the real Pajero is. And then there's some rumours coming out. They reckon there's going to be a facelifted Hilux coming and uh, the Ranger is going to be updated as well. So there's some things going for you. There's some things. Now, speaking of things going for you, you might want to do some reading. And if you want to do some reading, then get your pencil out and write this down. It's called How to Be Australian. How to Be Australian. It's a new book. It's an outsider's view on life and love down under. It's written by Ashley Collagian Blunt. Ashley Collagian Blunt. Now, you'll find it at Dimmicks. You'll find it at all the good bookstores. It's around about $29.99 or something like that. But Ashley, I know Ashley. I've met Ashley. She is a buzzball. She is really a fun, fun, fun girl. So the, the way the story goes is she finally persuades her new husband, Steve, to leave snowy, cold Canada and join her for a year down under. Now, I, I was with Ashley on uh, that, the, you know, the, uh, the internet thingy the other night, Zoom, where, where we did the book launch. And oh, golly, it was exciting. It was really, really good. So she, she got Steve to join her for a year down under and she looked forward to an easy transition. It was going to be good because to her, Australia was just going to be Canada with a bit more sunshine and some funny animals and all the things like that. But she soon discovered that things aren't so simple and Steve struggles to settle and Ashley fears that he'll come to regret the move and the marriage, especially after she lost her wedding rings at Bondi Beach. And so she was a little bit baffled, a little bit homesick, getting increasingly anxious. Uh, and then she's preparing to return to Canada when Steve, out of the blue, says, hey, I, I want to stay in Australia and I want to stay in Australia forever. And, and the good news is they, they're both now Aussies. They've both taken the pledge. They're both Aussies. So there you go. They've got funny accents. They haven't changed their accents, got to tell you that. But Canadians, we love them. We love Canadians. We do. Because the, they've got the same sort of sense of humour as us. Now, for the sake of a marriage and a happiness, Ashley must find and Australia that she can belong to. So she decides to travel the country, to learn its history, to decode its cultural quirks and connect with as many residents as she can meet. So the book, How to Be Australian, it's just, it's a remarkable memoir. You'll love it. You'll, you'll feel familiar with it and yet you'll see the funny side. It's fresh. It's fascinating light into the country that we know. So if you want to get a good book, if you know somebody that's coming up for a birthday or you want to put aside for Christmas or you're going on, you're finally escaping and you want to read a book that gives you a bit of laugh and a bit of pride in being an Aussie, then here's the one. How to Be Australian, Ashley Collagian Blunt, B-L-U-N-T, Ashley Collagian Blunt, B-L-U-N-T. 
you will just have a ball with that book. So there you go. And if you're going to have a ball with that book, then you might as well have some music to go with it. Why did she stay in Australia? Because she loves it. Why did Steve stay in Australia? Because she loves it. He loves it. So what about... It's because I love you from Masters Apprentices. I think you'll enjoy that. It's because I love you, Masters Apprentices. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. Isn't it good to be back? So here it is, Masters Apprentices. Here we go.
But g'day, it's Scott Gibbons. Hey, we're back. We're back, we're back, we're back. And we're on the road. How good is that? Now, I've got, I've got this lovely soul, and you know, you've heard it before, Jacqueline Bold. From, and, and the thing that Jacqueline's going to talk about this week, which I think is just the most amazing topic. So I need you to get your pencil. I need you to get your pen, your piece of chalk, your old bit of whatever you've got, something to write down, because she's going to give you the simple way of knowing your weights. And we're not talking about your personal weight, we're talking about the weight of your vehicle, the weight of your caravan, the weight of your trailer, and how you can work out the tear and the ATM and the GTM and the GCM. And she's going to tell you what all of those mean. So if you're ready, you've got your pen, here we go, here's Jacqueline Bold. Jacqueline, good to have you back again. How are you? Terrific. So tell us how we get to know the weights. What's all the... What, what does tear and ATM and GTM and GCM really mean in the world of, of us, the, the people that are on the road just pulling the vans along? What's it really mean? Yeah, look, it means more than just a whole lot of letters. <laughs> and for some, it's really confusing. And I can appreciate that because, you know, it, even as someone who's in the industry, the first time I ever learnt it, many, 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 you know, <laughs> way back when, when I learnt to tow when I was a teenager, you know, you've got to learn these things. And... It's just something, though, that is essential to know and to get correct. So today we're just going to break it down really simply. Some of the information will be on your compliance plate. Others, you're actually going to have to go and visit a Waybridge to double check. Right. So let's go through them. Okay. So tear. Tear weight is the weight of your trailer or your caravan at the completion of it being manufactured, empty, with no added accessories or fluids and completely unhitched from your tow vehicle. So it's not full of water. The water tanks are empty. Yep. Everything's empty. You don't have your blankets in there. You don't... It's As it's come out of the factory. As it's come out of the factory. But I'm going to put a caveat on this as mm-hmm. well. Sometimes it's minus your accessories. Right. Now, I have a bugbear with this bit. That's a whole nother, <laughs> another day. But sometimes the tear mass on your compliance plate has been done before your awnings and your solar panels... Or the oh, aerials. Right. So a lot of people get caught short thinking they have a bigger payload to play with than they yes. actually do. So it's worth putting your caravan or camper over a weighbridge yes. to see what it actually weighs because it will differ it most likely will differ from your compliance plate saying the tear weight. Gotcha. So pop it on a weighbridge, give yourself your own tear weight with however you've had it okay. put together. So that tells you the weight of your caravan. Yep. Camper trailer, yep, whatever it empty. be, empty. Yep. All right. Now, the ATM? Your ATM is your aggregate trailer mass. Now, this is the allowed total weight of your trailer or caravan specified by the manufacturer when it's fully loaded and unhitched from the tow vehicle. So it's unhitched, but it's fully loaded. So yes. you've, got your, you've got your water tanks full, possibly. Yep. And, and you've got uh, your blankets in there and your food in there and, mm-hmm. and your bikes are on there. Correct. Gas, what, in your gas your tanks, gas your barbie's been thrown in. Yeah. Everything and anything that you throw in there. If you've got the picnic table that you've popped into the inside of the vent, so everything. So it's fully loaded. Ready to go. But it's unhitched. Correct. Alrighty. So the difference between the tear and the ATM is how much it now weighs now that it's fully loaded well, as against being empty. The ATM is the maximum and that's specified by the manufacturer. Now that is on your compliance plate and on your rego paperwork most likely as well, but definitely the compliance plate. That is the maximum weight it's allowed to be fully loaded. Because of the suspension and the chassis and the way it's being constructed. It it physically can't take any more weight than that. Okay, good point. 
So from there we'd go to GTM? GTM. Now GTM, sometimes also known as GVM, gross vehicle mass. Yeah. But GTM is what's typically used for trailers, boat trailers, right. camper gross trailers, trailer caravans. Mass. Gross trailer mass. Now yep. don't get me wrong, I know we call them caravans here, but a trailer <laughs> is in effect a very large enclosed box trailer with a whole lot of stuff in it. <laughs> Hence why in America they're called trailer parks. Yeah. So it'll say GTM on your compliance plate. Right. That's the total weight of your trailer or caravan when it's fully loaded and attached to the tow vehicle. So attached it's now to your attached. Car. So you've now got it hitched up. Everything's ready to go so you can actually drive away. Correct. So your dolly wheel's up. Jockey wheel is up. Yep. You're ready to go. Now, that's the weight of the caravan if that was on a waybridge yeah. while it's attached. So you're, you've already had a transference of weight of your tow ball load going yeah. to the car. Yes. That's the maximum it's allowed to weigh at that point okay. for safety. Good point. So we've gone tear mass where it's empty, the ATM, the aggregate trailer mass where it's fully loaded as a caravan trailer, but it's unhitched. And then we go to the GTM, which is your gross trailer mass, and that's fully loaded and hitched up. Correct. And they're the two where a lot of people get confused. Yep. Which one's hitched and which one's not. Yep. ATM, unhitched, not attached to the car. GTM, hitched, attached to the car as right. if you were going to drive off. Now, the other big one that's really important to know your weights and understand is your GCM, gross combined mass. Right. Now, the legals on this is determined a combination of the compliance plate. You've got to be legal for the caravan under yeah. those maximum weights. Yes. But you need to be under the GCM, which is on your car's compliance. Right. So your car has another compliance plate. Yes. And that will has, have a GCM on that. You will have a, you, you have all these, the tear and the ATM, and it, well, not ATM, but a, a, a GVM of the car. Mm -hmm. But in your manuals and all in the compliance of that vehicle will have its maximum towing capacity. And this is where your gross combined mass, your GCM, comes into play. So it's the combined weight of your tow vehicle and your trailer or caravan when hitched together and both are fully loaded. Very good. So all the toys, bikes, blankets, food, clothing. People. And people. That's exactly what I was going to get to next. Yeah. Don't forget how the number of passengers. Because that's as we're ready to go on holidays, everybody's on board. We've filled it up with fuel. We've got everybody on board. The kids, the lollies, the blankets, mm -hmm. the and iPads. don't forget the dog. Everything in the dog. <laughs> everything. And your caravan's fully loaded. It's hitched on. And that is your GCM, gross yes. combined mass. Yes, so the, the total weight of both combined right. cannot exceed your GCM. Right. And that's and a that's legal requirement the, that's for safety. That's on the compliance plate of the vehicle. Now, the thing that you've, you've mentioned four times during then was that you should go to a waybridge for your tear, you should have a waybridge for your aggregate trailer mass, your ATM, you should have a waybridge for your gross trailer mass, and the GCM, which is your gross combined mass, that should be weigh bridged as well. So if you put your, your car and your caravan or your camper over a weigh bridge, you, that's going to give you what it weighs to make sure that you are under the limit specified for your ATM and under the limit specified for your GTM and under the limit specified for your GCM. Thanks. And that's the goal, is to be under those limits. You don't want to be running at right on or over those limits. Over is illegal. And, and running... illegal could mean that, that if there's a 
an accident or whatever the insurance company might not pay? If there's an accident, they will pick everything up and weigh it, and if it is over, they will void your insurance. And yeah. not just not just on your caravan or camper, but also your car insurance. Oh, And okay. then, heaven forbid, you've hit somebody else's vehicle or damaged somebody else's, there's no insurance because to cover you're that as well. for them either. And oh. it's all out of your pocket. Ah, okay. So this is so, so, so important. Everybody, this is important. This is important. Now, importantly, there are way bridges all the way around the place. All you've got to do is Google somewhere where there's a way bridge in wherever you are, whichever state, whatever it be. But the most important part is if you need a way bridge, bold trailer and caravan repair centre, have a Weybridge on site. So there's one there. So if you want to find out, you can book in, just give them a call. Here's your pencil time, 0285448114, 0285448114. So if you just do that, you will find, if you want to, just check them out on the website, which is boldtcrc.com.au. That's bold, B-O-L-D, tcrc.com. .au. Jacqueline, you're fabulous. I reckon you deserve another song. Sounds great. What would you like? Oh, look, let's go a little bit of Land Down Under for a minute work, shall we? Land Down Under. How good. Absolutely. We're able to go and see our Land Down Under again. Isn't that just terrific? Thank you, Jacqueline. Good talking with you again. Thanks, Scott. All right. Hey, let's do the Land Down Under. Here it comes. Courtesy of Jacqueline. You enjoy that. We'll be back with you in just a little while. We're on the road. This is Scott Gibbons. Great being with you.
A minute work land down under. So good, so good. Chalky bananas. Have you ever tried chalky bananas? This is the simplest recipe. You got your pencil handy and you won't need much pencil. Let me tell you, this is so, so simple. Now you can do it two ways. You can do it over a campfire or you could just put it in your microwave if you wish, depending upon how hungry you are. And it's just super. But this is a naughty one. This is a naughty one. So all you do is grab a banana, slice it down the middle, grab some of your favourite chocolate, put that in, in the, in the, the where you slice the banana, put that in there, and then uh, somehow put a covering over it if you're going to microwave it. Uh, if you're not going to microwave it, then wrap it up in a couple of pieces of, of alfoil or similar, and then put that in the fire. If you're putting it in the fire, maybe, maybe six minutes or thereabouts, uh, but if you're putting it in the microwave, you just look at, your, at how your chocolate melts. So maybe 30 seconds, maybe 45 seconds, that'll heat up your banana. And then you've already got it in the bowl and the plate if, you, if you're using the microwave. Maybe a scoop of ice cream to go with it. I reckon that would be terrific. I can never knock back a scoop of ice cream, maybe two. And there you go. You've got dessert. So it's a banana. Cut up some of your favourite chocolate. Put that where you've cut the banana. And then if it's a microwave, you just put it in the bowl Maybe you cover it and, and give it about 45 seconds thereabouts. Just say so you're starting to melt the chocolate, the bar's getting nice and warm, and then you put your, your ice cream with it. How good is that? But if you're camping, a couple of, couple of wraps around with alfoil, put that in the fire for maybe six minutes thereabouts, pull it out and add your ice cream again if you got it. I reckon you're just going to have a great time with that one. It's just a little beauty, just a little beauty. Now, speaking of little beauties, you've got to go to Heron Forbes. Heron Forbes are just favourites. You've got to go to Heron Forbes. Heron Forbes Machinery House. Now, here is H-A-R-E and Forbes. Heron Forbes Machinery House. They just set the standards. They are that good. So if you want real tools, proper tools, then that's where you go. Real tools, proper tools, not not little nasty things. But if you want used tools, they've got them. If you've got X demo equipment, they've got that. But this is big time stuff. So you go to their website, and the website is machineryhouse.com.au. Machineryhouse.com.au. And if you want to, you can join now and become a machinery housemate, and you're going to get seventy dollars worth of free discount vouchers. So all you've got to do is sign up. You get $70 worth of free discount vouchers. Now, they've got quality products. They're guaranteed. You've got service and support. You've got next-day delivery mostly. And they're Australian-owned, being Australian-owned, and they're around Australia. Yeah, wherever you want to go, you will find them. The one that I go to is at Northmead. So they're fabulous. They're fabulous. So Heron Forbes, and all you've got to do is go to their website, which is Machinery House. .com.au. They are just terrific, terrific people. Now, Bright. Talking of terrific, you want to go to Bright. If you haven't been to Bright, Bright's in Victoria. If you haven't been to Bright, Bright's one of those beautiful, beautiful places. Beautiful places. You drive into Bright and all of a sudden, your blood pressure starts to lower. You become a little bit calmer. It's just pretty. So it's in northeast Victoria. And it's just wonderful. So in, in you've got wonderful climate changes. So if you want really warm, you can have really warm. If you want to go down there in the colder months, if you want to go down there in autumn when the leaves are all falling, if you want to go there in spring when the gardens are all out, it's just one of those fabulous, fabulous places. And when you drive in, there is so much to do. 
So you'll love the local produce there. You've got fabulous local produce. Gardens are beautiful. Uh, you'll love the Gunnadu berries. So on the road out to Harrietville, there's the Gunnadu berries. Uh, there's a place called Smoko, which is terrific. So you can get uh, freshly picked blueberries there and blackberries as well. So that's lovely. There's a, a brewery in town. So if you want a nice cold one, there's a brewery in town. Plus, there's so many places to eat. And there's the kinky shops. You know those little shops that we used to have where they were real shops and they had different stuff, not just the prefab run-of-the-mill mall type shops. No, no, you've got real shops. And it's just... Beautiful. So, and if you want wine, well, you've got wine down there. You've got Millowa wines. You've got King Valley wines. Um, you can go out a little bit further, about 6K down the road, and you go to Porapunka and Feather, Feather Top and Ring of Beef. Uh, just fabulous, whatever you want to do. And if you want to try something sweet, then you can go to the Bright Ice Creamery. And <laughs> we were just talking about ice cream, so you can go there and get your ice cream. That would be lovely. But it's just a fabulous, fabulous place. If you want to go paragliding, you can paraglide down there. You can hang glide. There's abseiling. Uh, there's even snow skiing nearby. And, and the, the information centre has got some of the most best, best, best displays that you will ever see anywhere. And they've got this big one of the mountain ranges. So it'll show you all the mountains around there and where Bright's located close to everything. So if you want to walk around the Mount Buffalo Plateau, you will love that. Mount Hotham's nearby. Falls Creek is nearby. It's just one of those great places. And the uh, the Evans River, oh, golly, if you want to go rowing down that, then you can do that. There's uh, everything. So Bright. Bright's just one of those lovely places that you will just enjoy and enjoy and enjoy all over again. So there you go. There's something to do. Now, if you want something else, here's the Australian product of the week. It's called Random Harvest. So write this one down, random, R-A-D-R-A-N-D-O-M, R-A-N-D-O-M, harvest. They're Australian gourmet food. So it's random harvest gourmet, G-O-U-R-M-E-T dot com dot A-U. Random, R-A-D-O-M, harvest, H-A-R-V-E-S-T, gourmet, G-O-U-R-M-E-T dot com dot A-U. They're 100% Australian, 100% Australian made, family owned, and if you order over $50 worth, you'll get free delivery. And they've been going since 1981, and they're just proud of their reputation. Now, when you talk about their reputation, it's so good because they're one of Australia's leading creators of fine foods and food for gifts, but their name's synonymous with business integrity and quality control systems and quality ingredients and superior award-winning packaging design. And, and if you want to, I mean, they've got mustards and extra virgin olive oils and caramelised balsamics and dressings and sauces and chutneys and tapenades and salts and jams and sweet sauces and handmade confectionery and gourmet gifting and the whole lot. And, and you, can just, you can just get them direct from them. You can go to David Jones. You can go to William Sonoma. If you want to, and we can't do it right now, right now we can't do it, but if you want to, you could go across to Harrods in London and you're going to buy it there. Peters of Kensington have got it. Meyer have got it. So they are a class act. So it's Random Harvest. I think you're just going to have a great time. Randomharvestgourmet.com.au. I think that's 
fabulous. I think they just make it as easy as can be. And if you're going to have as easy as can be, you've got to have the Easy Beats, haven't you? You've got to have the Easy Beats. Here they come. Easy as can be, the Easy Beats. And you go to randomharvestgourmet.com.au, our Aussie product of the week. Here we go. Easy as can be. Oh, yeah, easy as can be. And we try and make things easy as can be, don't we? We do. But sometimes, sometimes there's little challenges that get thrown up to us. And I was looking through campertrailerlifestyle.com.au and there was a beaut article in there about trackside fixer-uppers. And, ah, that's when it's not so easy. But it can be if we're prepared. Just the old Boy Scout thing, you've just got to be prepared. So you've got to know what you're taking with you. Now, we, we also know we don't want to take more weight with us when we're traveling than we need to and we're not talking about our girth we're talking about the tools and things that we take with us so when you're touring around you've got to be aware that there can be a mechanical mishap there just can be and you've got to do your best to prepare and and have on side what's needed but sometimes it's that little bit of gadget that little bit of pre-thought that's gone into it so there's been some impressive bush fixes over the years and there's a few a few techniques that I thought I'd just run through with you and and these are good so some of the bare essentials first of all you can't fix anything unless you've got some tools with you so if you're going somewhere 
uh, and it's remote, it's absolutely vital that you put some thought into what tools and spare parts you may need on that trip. So if you're going more off-road than normal, so you're not going to be near the big centres where you can get bits and pieces, then you've got to put the thinking in up front and say, oh, look, if this goes wrong, I might need that. So when it comes to choosing your spare parts, ask yourself what's most likely to fail. So you know, one of the things you've got to take is, say, a block of wood, because that comes in handy if you need to stabilise your jack. It's just a little bit more better for height as well. So, <clears throat> pardon me, so some of the things that can fail, things like your radiator hoses, uh, maybe fan belts, uh, your fuel and air filters, electrical fuses, they're sort of right at the top of the list. But it's also worth finding out if there's any other common problems with your particular vehicle's make and model, which are worthwhile preparing for. And then there's the little bits and bobs like some spare automotive electrical wire, which can come in great and come in very handy for bypassing problematic wiring when needed or a, a tube of sealant to patch up a leak. Uh, and, and you've got to have the basic tools with you as well. Uh, but some of the knickknacks that you want to take with you, like maybe a good breaker bar, because that can help you loosen any stubborn bolts or a set of screw extractors to help retrieve a snapped screw or a bolt, that can be an absolute genuine, an absolute genuine lifesaver. So if there's any specific tools like an odd-sized socket or a weird type of drill bit that you need to fix a common issue with your vehicle, then now's the time to pack it in your toolbox so you've got it. That's, that's so important. Now, those bibs and bobs, things like hose clamps or tech screws, well, they've earned themselves a spot in any bush mechanic's toolbox. And thanks to their abundance of uses, a bit of old fencing wire has definitely saved the day more than once. And... You could have a pair of, I mean, these are superheroes, but some duct tape, duct tape, you know, 100-mile-an-hour tape, and cable ties, they are just genius inventions. If you've got a camper trailer, then a spare Anderson plug, uh, the auxiliary plug, it's a mighty good thing to have with you. The same goes for a couple of R-clips, uh, a tow ball pin. That could, sometimes they have a nasty habit of going missing. So, And then you, you can use your vehicle's emergency toolkit while you're performing basic servicing at home. So if you're doing servicing at home, use your vehicle's emergency toolkit so you're familiar with those tools that you can require, or hopefully you don't, but you might require them out on the tracks. Now, turning a, a tyre, like if, if, if your tyre's got a flat and you need to take the tyre off the rim, you should know how to do that. Now, one of the good things to do, the first one is knowing how to pop the tyre off the bead, off the rim, without tyre levers. So one way to do this is if you've got a high lift jack, then you put that on top of the tyre as close, as close to the bead as possible. And then you start to jack your vehicle up. Now the weight of your vehicle should pop the tyre right off the bead. Now then the question is, how do you get it back on once you've fixed it? Well, that's fairly simple too. If you've got a ratchet strap, you put the ratchet strap around the circumference of the tyre, around the circumference of the tyre before you try pumping air into it. And as the tyre expands during the inflation, the strap should hold the centre of the tread down, causing the outside edges to bow out nicely and firmly against the rim. And so then it should be correctly seated. That's good. Now, rubber bushes, if you haven't got a rubber bush, and you might need it because what a rubber bush does is it's, it's used to stop two surfaces from rubbing together and causing friction-related damage. So 
If, if a rubber bush decides to incinerate, it can cause all sorts of problems, all sort, which requires urgent attention. So you, you've got to be a little bit creative here. And you've always got, generally, there's always some spare rubber there. So you might find that that'll be, um, you can make a makeshift bush with things like an old floor mat or a mud flap. You know, yes, it's going to cost you a mud flap or one of your floor mats, but hey, Better to fix that bush than being stuck in the bush, I would reckon. So there's some things for you. Does that help? What about hose repair? So if you've got a leaky hose, well, if, if you can't replace it, try to patch it up. So some of the weird and wonderful methods is to line the inside of the hose where it's punctured with a bit of tin from, say, an old soft drink can. So you can use some kind of sealant to bond it to the rubber and seal it up. Another technique is to use a few lashings of good old-fashioned race tape with some sealant thrown in for good measure. And, and then you can cut a piece, if you want to, you can cut a piece of rubber from the end of a hose or one like it, and then slicing it down the center and placing it directly over top of the puncture with the sealant before tightening it down with a few hose clamps. So yeah, there's some beaut things there. There's some beaut things. I think, you know, they're things that you want to know about, aren't they? You want to know about them. So. Somebody's going to say to you, mate, I told you to take that. I told you to take that tool. Somebody said, oh, mate, you should have taken this. Everyone's always telling you something. Remember Billy Thorpe? Billy Thorpe, he told the brook. So what about we have a little bit of Billy Thorpe? Billy Thorpe, eh? I told the brook. Oh, you're going to love this. I know you love Billy Thorpe. We all love Billy Thorpe. So here we go. I told the brook. Billy Thorpe. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. We're on the road together. We're on the road. Fair income now. Except for Queensland. We're not quite in Queensland yet, but it's getting closer. I reckon another week or so and we'll be back up on the roads to Queensland. But in the meantime, we've got such a beautiful nation to go driving around. And our state has done some great things. Our Premier has done some great things. So we're out on the road. We're all safe. It's all good. And the important part is that we drive safe and we be good. So I'm telling you that. Billy Thorpe told the brook. Here's Billy Thorpe. Here we go. That runs down through the valley A secret my best friend never knew The brook told the trees And the trees told the breeze That I was in love with you The breeze told the clouds Hiding there by a hilltop The clouds told the moon that showed above So angry it blew When they found out that you And your heart had another love The brook became angry Changed to a river Rushing so madly alone The soft summer breeze That played tag with the trees Became so wild and so strong Bashful white clouds Hiding there by a hilltop Dark and the rain came falling down. They 
Your hearts couldn't hide All the tears that were cried And he touched them upon the ground The storm passed on over their sunshine again The chains that held me are now gone I stand here below And the brook sings the sweetest song The bashful white clouds are once again by the hilltop The sun and the moon are still my friend I promise there'll be no more heartaches for me Ah, uh, yeah, how good was that? I told the brook, Billy Thorpe, he did tell the brook. I listened, I loved it. We're going to escape. It's time to escape. It's time to do some things. So maybe if you're going down Melbourne Way, there's a place down there called 90 Mile Beach. So it's about 230k southwest of Melbourne. You've got some camping areas down there, which are just fine. You've got pit toilets as well. Fuel's available at Melbourne and at Woodside. What can you do there? Well, you can do four-wheel driving. That's allowed along 90 Mile Beach as well as McLaughlin's Beach, and that's accessible via a track running behind the dunes. You can fish from the beach, and you might just do wonderful things there. There's a number of cool water species, and there's tailor and Australian salmon, so you can catch them maybe with metal slugs, Pilchard baits year-round, gummy sharks there, jewfish are there. You've got the whole thing. You might get those on fresh mullet and tailor slabs as well. Surfing, you can do surfing along there. So you've, you've got some beaut things. It's, it's called the 90-mile beach. And there's a campground there, which is a lovely little spot. It's nestled among the shrouded dunes of East Gippsland. Uh, the location, it, it offers grassy sites. There's a gully behind the beach. It's shaded. It's lovely. The Coastal Reserve offers, there's some free camping there as well. It's located about 100k north of Wilson's Prom and 230k east of Melbourne. The facilities are pretty basic, but uh, that helps keep some of the crowds away. And it's just terrific. If you're self-sufficient, then it's a terrific place for you to go to. And, and winter's a, a prime time to go there. Now, if you're going further afield, if you're going up the Northern Territory, then th there's the peninsula there called the Coburg Peninsula in the Northern Territory. It's about 370k northeast of Darwin. It's accessed via the Arnhem Highway. You've got camping there as well. So you've got camping areas one, camping area two. There's showers, there's composting toilets there, there's barbecues and picnic tables and bore water. You need a permit. So permits are required if you're staying overnight in the park. Uh, so you know, be aware of that. Fuel is available at Jabiru and Darwin, uh, and there's no fuel available after Jabiru. If you want to find more out about the parking, then you go to parksandwildlife.nt.gov.au. Parks and A-N-D, wildlife nt.gov.au. What can you do there? Well, there's road access to the park. That's four-wheel drive only. 
So you've got some unsealed road. The roads in generally, it's generally open during the dry season between May and September. It'll close after extended heavy downpours. And so be prepared for fairly intensive corrugations and uh, dust as well. Uh, You'll get fishing within the park. That's world class. They tell me that's world class. It's all the primo tropical targets, including barramundi and mangrove jack and queenfish. They're caught inshore as well as the larger pelagic species such as the Spanish mackerel and the long-tailed tuna, you get them offshore. So you're about 350 clicks northeast of Darwin. The Coburg's a touch out of range of an overnight operation, but uh, as a Territorian, though, if you're, if you're with a Territorian, you, they will be so adept at, at just driving that distance in, in no span at all. It's just fabulous. But the peninsula... Uh, it's got the wonderful Gary Gunak Balu National Park around it and it's the only protectorate within the Territory to entwine adjoining marine and terrestrial grounds. So Coburg's renowned as one of the finest angling destinations in the world. So there you go. You've got some beautiful things going on there, beautiful things. And if you want to, here's one for New South Wales and you'll love this because it's nice and easy. It's about 135k. North of Sydney, it's around two hours drive north of the CBD. You just follow the Princess Highway north and before taking the Swansea exit to Blacksmith's Beach. So the camping areas, they're they're not designated anywhere on Blacksmith's Beach. So according to the Belmont Wetland State Park website, but it's it's not expressly banned, but I would suggest that you you find out more about it. And the way you do that is to go to Belmont, B-E-L-M-O-N-T, wetlands, W-E-T, lands.com.au again belmontwetlands.com.au they'll tell you all about that what can you do there well there's four-wheel driving that's allowed that's on a stretch of the coastline there between redhead and blacksmiths Uh, vehicle access is limited to the beach itself and the two access points and tracks are maintained by the belmont wetland state park Uh, Fishing, you've got fishing there as well, so that's there. During the cooler winter months, Taylor and Australian salmon are fairly prolific. Uh, But if you're stuck in Sydney and you've been stuck indoors for so long and you want to get out, Blacksmith's Beach has got you. It's just terrific. So it's 135k north of old Sydney town. Uh, It's the first stretch of coastland out of the capital where you can drop your tyre pressures and get some sand on your tread. So that's terrific. It's, It's like a lesser-known cousin of Stockton. So everyone goes to Stockton, but Blacksmith gets a little less traffic, So, but it's every bit as splendid. So for a long time, all the off-road action at Blacksmith's went down pretty much unregulated, but now you do have to get a permit, and you get the permit at various places. Uh, but if you go on to belmontwetlands.com.au, They'll tell you exactly where you find your permits and things like that. And the last one I'm going to give you, because you might do the stretch, you might get to South Australia, and if you do, oh, this place has got some of the best seafood in the whole world. It's called Coffin Bay, C-O-F-F-I-N, Coffin Bay, South Australia. It's just, just wonderful. So it's on the southern tip of the Air Peninsula. So if you're coming from Adelaide, you need to take the, the scenic route north to Port Augusta, driving all the way to the southern tip of the peninsula, That gives you about a 685k round trip drive for about seven hours each way. But camping's available. You've got everything down there. If you want to find out more, then get your pencil handy again. Go to environment, E-N-V for Victor, I-R-O-N-M-E-N-T, environment.sa.gov.au. So environment.sa, as in South Australia, .gov.au. Four-wheel driving's there. 
So you've got four-wheel driving. You've got uh, the very terrain makes an off-road run down here. It's a real treat, a real treat. If you want to do off-roading, it's great. The parks tracks, they're suitable for all four-wheel drive vehicles. And um, But be prepared for some soft, sandy sections and a couple of possible shallow water crossings. Fishing's pretty good. So that's a good excuse to get out to Coffin Bay with the healthy numbers of Australian salmon. Uh, you get those from the beaches. There's big Mulloway down there as well. So it's terrific. But the coast... It's called the coast with the most. It's Coffin Bay. It's an, it's, a, it's an absolute pooler of a spot. You'll love it. It's at the southern extremity of South Australia's Eyre Peninsula, the Coffin Bay National Park. It protects pretty peninsula. It's just pretty. It's renowned for its top-notch seafood and the scenery. Ah, oh, it's just gobsmacking. You'll love it. Uh, visitors the bay, they've got your pick of some epic off-road drives, a plethora of coastal entertainment options. And if you like to wet a line, as I said, Fishing's just terrific. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. And the park's located to the west of Coffin Bay Township, right at the tip of the Eyre Peninsula. So if you're visiting, it's just wonderful. And you can you can traverse the rugged coastline through the dunes, the rocky limestone sections, and pay a visit to the famous Seven Mile Beach. I reckon you are in for a top time. You're going to if you do any of those, any of those trips, you're going to come back and you're going to say. By golly, that was something wonderful. If you're going to have something wonderful, then you've got to have Doug Parkinson and the question singer to you. Hey, this is Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. It's great being on the road with you each week. I love doing it with you. So if you look after our sponsors, and if you want a caravan, I'm telling you, go to Paravans at Windsor. Paravans, P-A-R-R-A-V for Victor, A-N-S, paravans.com.au. They're at Windsor. They have got new vans, used vans. They can even hire you a van. They are ready to do business with you. If you're ready, they're ready. So here's something wonderful. Doug Parkinson, the questions. And Scott Gibbons, we're on the road. Look after you and look after our beautiful country. We'll see you next week. Bye. What you would have him say But now and then he'll say Something wonderful The thoughtless things he'll do Will hurt and worry Your love